Welcome to Future Forecast, the podcast with Oslo Business Forum, where we discuss leadership, technology, and sustainability with some of the most influential leaders and entrepreneurs from around the world. I'm your host, Isabel Ringness, and today we'll be talking about the keys to success as an entrepreneur, the challenges you face and how to overcome them, and the leadership skills necessary to build an outstanding team. We are talking to Mette one of Scandinavia's most impressive entrepreneurs. She co-founded the wildly popular sports app Endomono, just at the peak of adoption of apps and later sold for $85 million and is now founder and CEO of the food waste saving company Too Good To Go. Too Good To Go is based in Copenhagen and has scaled the business to 12 countries, raised a total of 16 million euros, and is on her way to save 20 million meals per year. During Oslo Innovation Week 2019, they won the Oslo Innovation Reward granted to Nordic startups that solve major societal problems while proving the ability for rapid growth. Thank you so much for joining us, Meta. Thank you for having me. So as an entrepreneur myself, I have a million and one questions, but I'll try to keep this as short as possible. But let's start at the start. Many years ago, you worked at McKinsey and you had a really promising job at your feet. Then you met a woman who randomly passed you on the street and handed you a postcard. And for some mysterious reason, your life was never never the same after that. Can you tell us what that postcard said and what it led you to do? Yeah, so the so the postcard basically said, uh, whatever your wildest dreams may be, they only scratch the surface of what's possible. Uh, and it was just at a point where I, I literally that week had to go back to two of my colleagues at McKenzie and tell them if I was in on quitting our jobs to start a company or if I wanted to stay in the corporate world. Uh, so it just felt a lot like a sign that specific day. And what did it lead you to do? Um, so... You know, I, I I called both my mom and my dad <laughs> and talked to them. I, I do that with big decisions. And uh, it was just interesting to hear how they both of them were dead sure what to do, but it was just very different advice. So my mom thought, you know, it sounded like a great thing to stay in the corporate world. And, and my dad, who has his own business, thought, you know, if, if there are two people here and you like them and you want to start with them, then definitely that's, that's what you have to do. And, and that is what I did. And having founded not only one, but two incredibly successful companies, you've most likely picked up a dozen learnings on the way. So if you were to condense some of the greatest learnings in terms of keys to success in both of your ventures, what do you think led you on a path to success both those times? So I think the most important thing always is that you have to be passionate about what you do. Uh, I'm passionate about things that serve a, a bigger purpose. Uh, you know, not everyone's the same, so it doesn't have to be that. But it's just important that you think it's really, really important what you do, because there will definitely be times where that is the only thing keeping you going. Uh, and in you know, in many cases, there will also be times when no one else really believes in it. Uh, that was at least the 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 situation with Endomondo. Um, so that that's really key. You gotta be super passionate about it. And and what drove the passion when Endemono or the, the, the people that you founded the company with? What was it that you were like, this problem I need to solve? So the, the problem we wanted to solve with Endemondo basically was that 80% of all people would like to be more physically active than they are today. And I think it's it's probably still the case, sadly. But, uh, <laughs> it, you know, we all know it's good for us, but we just lack the motivation. So we wanted to make fitness fun. And what really made it feel like it mattered was that we would get all these emails from users 
and it would really be like great st- personal stories about how someone lost 50 pounds and someone came back after heart surgery and someone can play with his kids again. Someone had an exercise since college and now she found the joy. All these stories that just really made it feel like we were doing something good. I'm an um, entrepreneur myself, and I assume that you've also been through a lot of tough and stressful crossroads on your way. Everything from hiring to design, funding, culture, product market fit, growth, scaling. What would you say has been the absolute greatest challenges for yourself as an entrepreneur, and how did you solve them? Um, I think the greatest challenge has probably been the mental one. You know, when things are tough and you just have to... Uh, you know, keep your nose down and do your job every day and try not to let it show <laughs> that you're pretty <laughs> freaked out on the inside. Just try and stay calm and smile when you enter the room and just, you know, fake it till you make it a little bit. Because, you know, we, we definitely, with Endomondo, we had periods where we were several times we were close to bankruptcy or things were like a mess for, for different reasons. So, during those periods, it was more like the mental battle of uh, of staying strong. And what do you tell your brain then when your brain just wants to freak out and you just want to lie down and be like, I'm not going to do this anymore? Like, wh- what do you actually tell yourself? Well, I, I'd like to think about a picture I had when I was in, um, uh, I, I visited China when I was 18 years old. And our tour guide there, you know, she, the traffic was horrible. So she instructed us that, you know, whenever we cross the road, you cannot run. You have to just walk. You know, walk at a certain pace, but don't run. As soon as you start running, everything is panic. And and, and that picture, I just kept coming back to and uh, and thinking about. You know, I I can't be running. I have to just keep walking, so nobody else panics. Um, and then I just uh, I told myself every day it's gonna get worse before it gets better. And I did that for at one point nine, ten, twelve months. And then one day. I just realized, you know, we'd had a really good day. It was spring. The birds were singing. I was biking home from work and it looked like we were going to have our first profitable month. And I was telling myself this same song. I told myself every day it's going to get worse before it gets better. And I realized, you know, maybe, actually maybe, you know, we're, we're over this crisis now. I don't actually think it's going to get any worse now. And then it just started moving from there. But it's, it can be long periods and you just have to stick with it. Perseverance, that's what they say. Grit and perseverance, that's um, that's more important than talent or anything else. I want to talk a little bit about your latest venture, uh, which in addition to being a really successful business, is also a great contribution to a greener and a cleaner society. How did you come up with the idea, uh, Too Good to Go? So I didn't actually come up with it. Uh, but we have five founders who were, who started out the concept in Denmark and then they hooked up with different entrepreneurs across Europe that then started up in their local countries. Uh, so it's a little bit of an unusual founder story that we have. But uh, but the the idea always was that it's such a shame that the restaurants and the bakeries have to throw out all that food when it you know 5 minutes earlier it was sold at full price and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. So the idea really was to try and see, is there a way we can solve this on market terms? And now you've been able to onboard, I think it's 22,000 different food distributors, or is it even larger? 25,000. I mean, how do you do that? Was that an easy sell or like, because it just, you have to go, I would assume, to each and every business 
and, you know, inspire them to think like you and understand that it's a good idea. I mean, how, how do you sell that to to these distributors? Well, it's actually a pretty easy pitch, <laughs> considering that it's a B2B sales. Um, but uh, it, it it's a value proposition for the stores that's quite hard to say no to because, you know, it's a great CSR project. You save the food. There's marketing in it. In that, you know, you get exposure to new consumers and, you know, more than half of them might come back buying at full price. Uh, and then there's some revenue in food they would otherwise have thrown away. So uh, so it, it's not the hardest pitch in the world, for sure. That said, you know, to get to that scale, it, it does take a lot of effort. And it's also one of the reasons why our team is quite big now. So we're 420 people on the team, our waste warriors, as we call ourselves. Uh, so it, you know, it's not a a twenty man shop anymore. Are you all based in Copenhagen, or are you distributed across Europe? We are distributed across uh, thirteen countries now. So about a hundred sit in Copenhagen. The the global office is about eighty people and twenty in Denmark, working on the Danish market, which is our home market. Uh, but other than that, we sit across, and we also have a a team here in Oslo. You do? Oh, I need to try this immediately. So you're um, the CEO of uh, the company, and given that you're a leader uh, in this day and age, also within the tech industry, what would you say are, for example, three characteristics in terms of leadership that you yourself embody <laughs> uh, and think might be like the key to building a successful team, which you obviously have? Um, so I try to be myself. I guess they call it authentic, which I think is a little bit of a weird word, but I, I just really try to be myself. Um, then I I believe in leading by example. So I, I am a hard worker, um, and and I don't I don't know any other way <laughs> to lead basically. Um, and uh, and then I really believe in uh, in trust and in in strong relationships and that you know having that personal trust in each other uh, is something that I believe in. It's not always easy, but uh, but I challenge myself. I'm going to ask you a question that I hate that we tend to ask women a lot more than men, but I'm still going to ask you because there are so few female entrepreneurs. And my personal experience is that women often don't go into the startup world because they're afraid that the lifestyle is going to limit their personal goals, such as having a family. What are your thoughts on that? And have you been able to balance a personal life and a business life? And how have you done that? And I'm and I'm also asking from like a personal yeah. stand. Uh, I do get that question a lot. <laughs> so, um, so I think I think women have this misperception that it's much easier to have a, a family and have kids when you have a corporate career. I think it's completely wrong. It's the exact opposite. It's way way easier as an entrepreneur, uh, and it's not that you work. Um, you know, it's not about how many hours you work. It's about the flexibility that you have. And I, at least when I've had corporate jobs at McKinsey & Company and, and again at Under Armour after they acquired Indomondo, um, I had very, very limited flexibility because, you know, I had people above me and I had to show up in the US or wherever else in the world when someone told me to. And as an entrepreneur, I totally decide my own schedule. And if I have to pick up the kids one day and I have two daughters, then, uh, then I'm going to change the schedule. And then everyone else needs to uh, align around my schedule. But that's kind of the privilege you have. And of course, I don't, you know, I try to reduce it. But same goes for um, for different, uh, for the travel that I have today. Of course, if I'm talking at a conference, conference, it's kind of set in. But I decide if I say yes to that conference or not. 
So that's the that's the key difference. And whenever I go visit our countries and our teams there, again, I decide when and how and where. So it's way way more flexible. And I I so the way the way I get it to work in the in my daily life is I'm home and I'm having dinner with the kids uh, between five and eight typically, and then uh, I put them to bed and I go back to work from from home. But uh, but then I put in another three hours or so, uh, and that's uninterrupted time where I can really focus and read and do all the things that that are really hard when you're in meetings and you get interrupted all the time. So uh, so that works quite well, and I've worked like that. I mean, ever since I had my first child. Thank you for saying that because I think that's an important point to underline. I think a lot of people misunderstand the conce- like concept of being a CEO. It's like yes, you do actually have the ability to change the schedule after your own life, um, which, I mean, yes, you might be working more than others, but you still have the flexibility to choose how and when and where to work. Finally, our final question. I want to ask you for advice on behalf of all Scandinavian entrepreneurs dreaming of creating a success like you have. What is your top three advice to be able to follow your success in their respective fields aside from passion? Aside from passion, next next thing would be um, set a good team. And I think really think you have to find people who believe what you believe. Uh, and that also goes for the investors. Make sure there's alignment on what success is and what you're here for. Uh, that would be the thing. And then the other thing is just to stick with it. You know, it's going to be tough at times. And, you know, you just got to find a way to get through it. Uh, and, you know, any startup you ask on the outside, it always looks glamorous and it looks like everything has been, you know, all party along the way. And it, it's really not like that at all. But uh, just accept that. And then I'm trying to embrace the good times and just enjoy it when things are going well, instead of wondering when it's going to change. Finally, three quick questions. If you could give your 20-year-old self one piece of advice, what would you say? Oh, that you know that it, it's gonna work out <laughs> just uh, yeah just try and be yourself and uh, and then I was you know I was brought up uh, being told that you know just give it your best and we'll we'll see how how that lasts or how, how long that gets you but you can't really demand anything else by from anyone uh, and I think that that's good advice it's interesting. A lot of people answer something down those lines. So it seems that we are we do worry a lot. And uh, in hindsight, we see that maybe that was. And I think necessary. it's also just really important to be grateful for, you know, whatever worked and what works. And, you know, if you're healthy and if you have a happy family and good friends. And I mean, that is more important than than most things. Definitely. And uh, do you have any book or podcast that you would like to recommend? Um, I'm reading a lot about climate change right now, <laughs> naturally. Uh, so maybe uh, No Planet B. No Planet B. It's a great book. Great title as well. Mm? Uh, where should people go to follow you online? Uh, LinkedIn mainly. LinkedIn, Metalika. Thank you so yeah. much for joining us. This Thank was you. Uh, awesome. Good luck Thanks. with uh, Too Good To Go. Thank you and good luck with your adventure. Thank you. You're listening to Future Forecast, a podcast produced by Oslo Business Forum and myself. Tune in in two weeks for more interesting insights on technology, leadership and sustainability with experts from around the world. If you like this podcast and wondering how you can support us, please take a second to give us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts because it really helps. And if you have a friend or colleague you think might appreciate it, every share counts. Thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Isabel Ringness. Talk to you again in two weeks.